Hello, everybody. Welcome back to High Fantasy. This is episode 12 of uh, this production of Broken Jars Network, and we're going to talk about equipment um, and all sorts of things. But first, let's do our check-in of, have we made any progress? Uh, I've made some progress, uh, not a ton, sadly. Um, I, I, well, I made progress and scrap progress, so that's kind of what happened with me. Uh, so I just like, nope, this isn't going to work. So I've decided to do a, an extended flashback sequence, and so I'm trying to like plan that out. All right, Colin, have you have you done anything? I'm done thinking. <laughs> it's like I I did you know nan nano whatever it's called, and it's like I'm out, I'm done. Screw you guys. Um, see, yeah, it I, does kill my drive to write for a little while. <laughs> I was trying to, to, to write more and, and do strategic things, and then I realized I need to figure out how my airship works and um, got distracted with that. Figure that out. You don't need to. Well, like, I need to know how it works so I can make the rules. Like, can it fly through a hurricane? I don't know. I don't know how it works yet. And that's my problem. <laughs> trying to, <laughs> to make it, like, better than anything that we have now but kind of believable and i do i want it connected to how aliens work i don't know yet so i just got distracted with that and i'm also trying to ignore it so i can continue but you know maybe this episode will be really helpful for me because i'm having the trouble with my equipment isn't can it do this how does it work it's do you need it to do that and then how can you explain that it can do that well, Did you need it for the story side. to fly through a hurricane? If it needs to fly through a hurricane, then it can fly through a hurricane. I don't know if I need it to do that yet. I don't, but I'm trying to do the things like if I set up the rules, then I have things figured out. I just need to, like, you know, you D and D play it. Your story. I need rules, man. <laughs> so I'm trying to figure those out. I also, I... <laughs> oh, especially if he could help me. I also really, really need a name for a gadget. Maybe you guys can help me with that. All right, what's the gadget? It's like what I conceive to be the uh, next stage beyond smartphones. You know, it's a, a portable, wearable computer. Most people wear it as kind of like a watch, and then they just have like hollow screens that can pop up and do things that you want. And it's so if it's a watch, it's going to have the word chrono in it. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> But like literally, the only way I've gotten past this is I just have every time I need to mention it, bracket gadget bracket. It's like I need to fill that in at some point. See, you just need to come up with like an interesting acronym that just makes sense, like WIP or something, wearable interpersonal player or something. I don't know. I uh, just some kind of slang people can refer to it as too. There's obviously that, but it's like I I I'm so lost. I've never been able to come up with anything that fit well enough to me to just even go with it. That's why I mean, I just be like the bridge. Just call it like the mobile or the computer or something. It, the mobile. Everything's mobile now. It's like, it doesn't work. They still like call it. smartphones mobile, mobiles. Oh, Brits. <laughs> nah. I don't know. but It's hard to try to think of what it's going to be called before it you know, occurs. And someone's going to like call it something really fancy and then it's all just going to be called things after that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. 
That's like what other people's equipment think that they did in fantasy. Is this this an issued thing from the government or is this something just everybody has? It's the equivalent of, you know, like a smartphone. Everyone has their personal ones, but military people have their work ones, you know? So the military military people will have their government-issued versions. The civilians will have their civilian versions. I mean, the easiest thing to do is call it like a comp or something. communication thing you know just or com stat or com link i mean maybe one of our <laughs> well i also have to use the word com a lot maybe i should go away from that mm. so it's not like a barrage of com this and com that speak you tron <laughs> uh but yeah, let's talk about other people's stuff. Maybe I'll get inspired throughout this episode as we're talking about various other fantasy sci-fi equipment. And by equipment, we mean uh, like things like armor or guns and weapons or Probably shouldn't have. magic bags of holding or hair sticks, you know, e- equipment. That kind of stuff. Yeah. Anyone so what are... have a favorite that they want to? Uh, favorite, well, I always liked, uh, not to, not to keep going down this road, but you know, the way Dresden describes is like blasting rod and staff, you know, it's very, it's very iconic. It's got this really cool feel to it, you know, it is the, the wizard things. Um, Colin, would you like to say your favorite favorite equipment? That's a good one. Tough choice. Yeah. I think I like things personally that so if you get emotional attachment to, like maybe it has a personality of its own. Kind of like in Harry Potter, the wands don't always work well with other people if you try to use them. And then you have moments in like the second book of like this wand has been broken for the entire book. And all of a sudden it misfires in the most beautiful fashion. <laughs> I mean, if you want to get away from books a little bit, I really do love the uh, the swords in Highlander. You know, I'm a dork like that. Like, I literally have a replica of the TV version right here. <laughs> so, I don't know much about Highlander. I know there has to be only one, but um, do those swords have personalities? Uh, kind of. I mean, it's one of those things that they keep to, they keep with them for a millennia or two. And they're all different and unique and yada, yada, yada. Um, in terms of the movies, after Highlander 1, they're completely ratchet. I mean, don't even bother. Uh, but the TV show is pretty fine. Uh, that's, and that's where this sword comes from is the TV show and not the movie. I think okay, I have I that did. same katana. Do what? I think I have that same katana. Well, this is the one, for, like I was telling Director Alex, this is the one from the TV show, not the movie. Yeah. The one from the movie, the dragon on the end is a bit more uh, stub-nosed stub versus this one, which is a longer, elongated nose. Oh, I don't know. It was like a cheap $30 katana off eBay from like 20 years ago. So, <laughs> Yes. This is what Ryan I... bought me for my 18th birthday. My brother nice. bought it when I got, bought my own sword. <laughs> there are three uh, swords in my household. I'm trying to think, you um, know, especially if you watch like old westerns, you know, like the guns are always a big deal. Like 
you know, <laughs> have gun, you know, like have gun will travel. It's in the fucking name, right? <laughs> it, I mean, uh, that's a symbol to them too. Right. Um, yeah, you get a lot of symbology, especially or oh, another gadget I really love again, not from books, but the the jetpack from the Rocketeer, or even the helmet. Like I just love the look of that movie and like the jetpack and the helmet. It, like gives this really cool Art Deco feeling to the whole bit. I'm gonna say my favorite is um, Matt Cawthon's spear, the <laughs> Ashandari. Okay, you're gonna have to explain the context of that now. So it is a very long pole staff, basically, with a spearhead on the tip of it. From the Wheel of Time From series. Wheel of Time series, wielded by one of the uh, main protagonists. Nice. And um, it plays a big part in moments. Yeah, thinking of of uh, you know things that have personality, like I was saying, it's like I remember the Vlad Taltosh series. Uh, there's seventeen because seventeen has to show up in that series all the time. Uh, weapons that are just kind of particular. And then one of them actually gets created throughout one of the books. And it's made through a knife and some magic and the soul of a character that just died. So it kind of, like, it gets named after that character and it is very personal to the person who made it afterwards because that was his friend. And then right. some other people with these magic weapons is like, oh, just come tell us when she wakes up. What are you talking about? <laughs> well, it's kind of like, uh, I mean, if you want to look at the ultimate, like, thing as friend in anything is um, Wilson from Castaway, right? Oh, that's true. <laughs> that is like the ultimate inanimate object becoming a friend, you know? And so, I don't know, that's just, it's an interesting dynamic. It's something I'm trying to work on, Um to an extent in Corelex, I'm doing a very bad job. That's going to be like the first, <laughs> it's going to be the first part of the rewrite is figuring out how to shove Annie really into the forefront of the story. I'm trying to add it as I go on. So I'll just have to like do the back part. Like, Hey, there's this gun thing here. I'm really trying. I'm really trying, <laughs> but I'm doing a bad job of it. Let's, uh, is there any like particular sci-fi things that come out? Like, that thing was so cool because it's yes, lightsabers. Lightsaber. I mean, that's again, that's like the iconic like thing or or X. I mean, there's so many things: X-wings, Tie Fighters, uh, you know, phasers. Uh, if you want another really like iconic, cool thing, is like the Batleth <laughs> from Star uh, Star Trek. Yeah, that's a really cool looking thing that has very you know ceremonial and other you know things to it. And obviously the spaceships, right? William uh, Falcon, Enterprise. I'll yeah, and then, like the know. Borg ships and everything, and um, Warhammer Forty K is full of giant ships and weird gadgets and plasma guns that might maybe blow you up, maybe not. Yeah, <laughs> I have never played that game, or but I know just a very little bit of other people telling me about it. But I love the orcs. <laughs> and the fact that things just work because they believe it. It's Overgrown. like if anyone else picks it up, it's just a hunk yeah. that looks like a gun. But for them, it fires. It just, how do you do that? It's their They're form of magic. Overgrown fungus things that power everything via their belief. That it's fantastic. <laughs> and they're also and no British hooligans. 
Like, I, I've never played Warhammer, but I've seen people play it, and man, that thing looks intense. Like they're out there with their like rulers and their tape measures. I'm like, oh man, I'll just stick to my dice. <laughs> this is only a one in six to... chance to almost kill myself. <laughs> I play it with a lot of plasma armor because uh, my husband played the uh, what's that game? The Warhammer game with the armies and on the computer. Colin, you played what? Total War. Yes, thank you. Uh, the, the Warhammer version of the Total War game, and there's a character I don't remember his name, but he loves being beautiful, and he's like blonde and like probably some form of Nazism going on there. But he he wants everyone else to find him attractive, and if you look at his armor, he's mostly covered, but there are like strips of flesh shown by his hips. That is just really, really suggestive it's just like <laughs> okay <laughs> and then this is turning that one like, trope on its head huh yeah but the, like the the scantily clad girl in armor that's like oh yeah it covers like a fifth of her body but she never gets hurt because yep. of plot power or something <laughs> i like <laughs> oh how what's the difference between fantasy and 40k you've got humans become really cool space marines or just super soldiers, the elves become the Eldar and whatnot. And then you've got the orcs, who are just still the orcs. And dwarves. It's always the dwarves. No dwarves in the 40k. And it's not where there were dwarves. In Warhammer 40k? Oh the yeah, um, maybe I'm not sure. One. I don't know enough about it, but there were dwarves in the Total War game. Yeah, Total War is fantasy. Okay. Because okay. the 40k is like the spaceships and Whatnot. Right, there's a, a difference in time period in this. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But orcs are orcs. So how if you were going to make a character out of a weapon, how would you go about doing it? Lots of other people talking about it. <laughs> uh I would do it has likes and dislikes. And it shows it in some way. Okay. Like, Are we like talking if, an animated character or like a object that's almost its own? Essentially its own character. Yes. But not like sentient. Right. It doesn't, it's not a, yeah, it doesn't talk. It's not like a robot. You know, it's not, it's not R2-D2. <laughs> it's, you know, Han's blaster pistol. Yeah. Okay. Well, See, I know you're going to talk about Annie, and that's why you're asking. Well, no, so, actually, I was going to talk about something else. So, meh. So, <laughs> I feel about you right now. Yeah, that's right. For example, she'll stab you. <laughs> she'll nope, stab I am not the violent one. Yuri is the violent one. He threatened to go up behind Alex and strangle him. I've never threatened to do that to anyone. Wait, who did what? J Ray. He threatened to go up behind Alex and strangle him. Can you blame him? Sorry. <laughs> this is getting off topic. <laughs> but yes, if I had, say, a gun that was trying to show its preferences, like it likes a person, but the person holding the gun is going to fire at the person it likes. And then it's just like, you know, going to like bite it a little bit. Like when he tries to pull the trigger, it pinches his skin. So he stops and it hurts. Or the times that it point it is being pointed at a person it doesn't like, and it just goes off for no reason. You got a violent gun there. <laughs> See? Yeah. 
this stab lot over here. But the reason I think about it is uh, in Star Wars, especially the reason Star Wars, I believe, is so iconic is everything sounds a certain way. So yes. one thing I've been just trying to figure out is how to how to create that unique sound in words. Use the same word when you want it to have the same meaning. Right. So or would it be like the same word or same like sequence of words, like the exact yeah. same okay. like description of the sound? Yes. Like, okay, Jim Butcher, of course, I have to go back to him. He has what he calls tags. And it's like, if I describe someone who is short, blonde, and cute, I don't need to say her name for you to know what it is, who I'm talking about. Um, and so he, he uses those phrasings whenever he talks about her before he has to say her name. And I'm talking about Murphy for anyone who hasn't read the series. But, you know, when he's talking about power, if he says something is thrumming, he's always talking about some form of power. Or there's like invisible force. He always uses like the same phrases. So you get like the same input in your head. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. So if you're talking about a, a lightsaber, it's like it thrums to life and then it's like whooshes around. I don't know how you have to do that sound. In words, mm. but like whoosh. <laughs> right. Well, for me, yes, it, like the most iconic one, yes, the lightsaber is huge, but yeah, the, the big one is um, the TIE fighter scream. Wow. Just that screeching mm -hmm. sound. Like uh, that more than any other ship just or any other thing in all of star wars just has that like that terror kind of thing to it except for like the vader you know breath breathing. sound talk about making breathing intimidating i know right <laughs> have we all seen rogue one at this point no. i hope you should definitely damn it alex that ending oh you should definitely go see it just i know before you even see it you just hear that yeah <laughs> Terrifying. <laughs> well, uh, if it's still out in March, I might go see it. It's probably not going to last four months in the theater. Well, it's still in there right now, so I don't know. Maybe. Maybe we'll have like one showing. <laughs> I don't know. But you're just talking about Vader and it's like, oh my god, the presence before you have to see him type thing. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. You, you right. just like this. Oh, yeah. yeah. Just hear the breathing. Um, and then you realize, well, that's so, that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need to watch that because like I know what's going to happen. Seems like the, mo the the most interesting conversations we have on high fantasies, and we talk about things that we hate. So, what were the things that you hated in terms of equipment that come to mind? Things that we hate in terms. I mean, uh, you you were bringing it up, and this is one reason I just quit reading Harry Potter. But it's the 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 DSS DSX Machina wand, or that you know it's just like, hey, we're going to introduce this one thing, and then it's just going to go away, or it's just going to do this one thing once, or it the just it, Hallows were, I think, poorly handled in the end yeah. to be sprung on so importantly at the last second. Horcruxes, I, mean, I thought, were handled better. Horcruxes were handled very well. I, I thought that, yes, I, I agree with that one. But then all of a sudden, um, it's just, hey, the wand, it's so important. A little. Yeah, I think she yeah. needed to, like, introduce the, the hint of them a little bit earlier. Instead mm. of, like, what she seems to do is, like, in the beginning of a book and throughout the rest of a book, 
there is something that's happening with some equipment and you're always wondering what the fuck is going on and then oh it comes up important and it helps later oh, like Ron's, uh, wand. Ron's broken wand was amazing uh, the time was turner the, yeah I mean, the time turner is the big one right that everyone sure. thinks about but yeah, yeah it's also it does annoy me that that just disappears yeah, there's also like things like the whomping willow it's like mm. that thing has personality man which <laughs> i think they did really well in the the show or the the tv fucking god damn it the movies when there's like a, a small bit of like a stuff on it and then it just like shakes it off because it's pissed off or like a like snow or tiny something bird. Yeah. Like a, a tiny bird gets on it and then just kind of sit there and tweeting and then it just kills it <laughs> they did a really good job showing the personality of that tree um uh, yeah i agree completely um but yeah it's just i don't and this is just writing in general. I just hate the uh, then a miracle occurs, and a lot of people use an item to make that happen. That's why I, I want to rely on rules so I don't have miracles. Um, and like, like Sanderson likes to point out, you can have miracles as long as you're kind of expecting it. Yeah. Yeah, well, and, well, and then there's the other side of it. That's the um, MacGuffin item that is yeah. like it, it is the miracle bringer so when it comes out you kind of expect it to happen yeah but there's also it's not like a, a surprise to you you're kind of expecting it right so if you're going looking for say the holy grail and you're expecting it to do magic <laughs> when it does magic miracles you're not surprised exactly like you don't well, want your big climactic ending of your series to cause the reader to pause Go back to your rules for how wands work. Think back and be like, okay, okay, it does work. A little too complicated. Or it, yeah. or the rules need to be simple enough that they just, they're known. You know, it's not a big deal. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to go with something that I, I really hated because it was lazy writing. Okay. Starkiller base. Oh, my God. I hated okay, that drawing movie a blank because here. of it. Uh, Force Awakens. Oh yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. They did it Best again. Three. The bigger one. <laughs> it. I mean, the Death Star was its thing, and then like, okay, they're building it again. Okay, but don't fucking do it a third time and just try to make it. It's bigger. Oh my god. That was a. And big... it drains the sun, which defies physics. And blows uh, up like planets multiple. Uh, that was the part of the problem with the whole. Force Awakens, as fun and great as it was, was it did kind of just like not try to make a new movie. Like, yeah. what was the plot for New Hope? Okay, let's do that again, but twenty years in the future. <laughs> exactly, I think that it's just lazy writing. Well, and they're, they're not adding and, to it; they're just copycat. And Alex, when you see Rogue One, you'll probably get this question too. But you know, there there's a there's a certain question that gets brought up after now that Rogue One is out about Star Killer Base. And I'm just like, hmm. What's the question? Uh, well, well, I don't want to spoil it. Spoil it. Uh, the spoilers. The, the Death Star light. The Death Star laser is essentially a giant ass lightsaber. Yeah. It's only like, oh, where did they? Well, it actually makes a lot of well, sense in Rogue yeah. One. It really does. No, they use like, the same crystals that our lightsabers to power the. Right. Lightsaber. 
In terms of the Death Star, that makes sense. In terms of Starkiller Base, yeah. we just cut that movie out of canon. <laughs> we ignore that that movie ever happened. Well, should we go into the books where you've got the uh, Sun Killer and like 30 other weapons of intensely massive destruction? Well, those were cut out of canon, right? Yes, but they're bringing uh, some of them back. Give me my. But, so here's back. another question. Ha, um, items as the main thing about a story, like Search for the Holy Grail, is all about finding the Holy Grail. Raiders of the Lost Ark, et cetera, et cetera. When is that good? When is that bad? That kind of crap. As the subject. Yes. Hmm. I'm looking at Harry Potter. I mean, like, it worked for the first book. Sort of. But the it first book really is also, like, all about, all about Hogwarts, you know? Yeah, it's, it's all world-building with a little bit of plot. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, okay, so why did Raiders of the Lost Ark work? Part of uh, it is the character and his struggles like then there's also the fact that they're running away from nazis and then oh daddy dearest comes out of the hole and they're both assholes to each other um that's uh oh shit i'm looking at the wrong that's, one that's uh last crusade. crusade yeah oh shit and don't call him daddy dearest it's sean fucking connery man well. <laughs> <laughs> and then the sean connery character comes out of the hole <laughs> God, I was watching Hunt for Red October the other night. Uh, it's a good movie. Um, it is. I'm sure it anyone who speaks Russian has a problem. <laughs> that was in the 80s before realism really mattered. <laughs> I still think you'd get an actor to at least try an accent. Or something. He tried. It just doesn't. Mm. Well, I think they Too kind of got away with it because the character was Lithuanian. He wasn't natively Russian. He was Russian. He was part of the Soviet, but he wasn't, he was, he grew up oh, in Lithuania. Are still Slavic, he, he wasn't Scottish. <laughs> <laughs> no, he wasn't Scottish. But he might sound similarly weird. Yeah, go tell a Lithuanian that he's basically Russian and see how Simonus, where's Simonus? <laughs> it, well, I mean, there, there's, a, there's a lot of different you know, discussion points about this because there's two types of get the object stories, at least. There is the quest story, right? Lord of the Rings, that's all about the one ring. And then there's like heist stories, which is more like the newest Dresden or the Oceans movies, where I don't know if the... Yeah. Okay. So for heist stories, it's not about getting the thing. It's about overcoming the obstacles to get the thing. That's true with uh, you know, quest movies, yeah. I but mean, very... that's the point of every book is to overcome obstacles. Yeah. And so that, that, that's the, the point of it. I, and then there also, you have to increase the importance of why you have to get the thing. Why is it crucial to the character, to other people? Why do they have to outrun other people? And all of those have to be taken care of in your world building and plotting but it's always just about how do you overcome the obstacle? Well, I mean, sometimes, you know, the, the, the motivation is, well, if we don't do this, we will die. I mean, that's always a pretty good universal motivation. Don't let okay. them finish the Death Star. Yeah. 
Oh my god, they built another one. It breaks physics. Fuck. It's on a... Was Starkiller base... I it was its own planet. It was inside was a planet, it? yes. Or a moon or something. Like It was actually like built did inside. They build the moon, or did they take a moon and build it in it? I Build it in it, I, I think. I haven't really looked at the exhibit. I, so. I had the impression they built it in it. How? It's J.J. Abrams. He fucks up everything. Let's just move on. <laughs> Some things he did were good. Like, a mobile he... ice planet. Wikipedia describes it as... Okay, so it is mobile. But it's just... Oh, God, I can't... There's no explanation in anything ever that can describe how it could work to pull energy out of a star the way it was just, like, sucking it out like a fucking vampire. Also, the... Hmm. Oh! Starkiller Base was a mobile forested ice planet rich in kyber crystals. Oh, there we go. Oh. <laughs> so why did it need the sun? Wait, yeah. Well, it's got to power it somehow. No. It's got to have a battery. But how did... So they built it power? into the planet. Oh, my God. We're getting off topic here. So this no, is... We're still talking about equipment. Starkiller base is a, is a way to not do your don't thing. Don't do it that way. <laughs> Just please don't. I will throw or, the book across the room. Say magic. I mean, you, there's there is no reason to say there is isn't some kind of like Jedi Force shit going on about like you know because the Force moves through everything, so maybe it's like sucking the energy through like a Force ray. Okay, um, do you want Colin? Mention, um, Co Colin. I was gonna say yes. I'm here. Can you hear me? Now is the time that you have to go on about shard plates and Sanderson. Oh. In really, like, cool. you know, let's compare Star Wars to Sanderson. I don't want to take and... lightsabers. <laughs> oh. So there's there's magic weapons and then there's magic armor and they work off crystals and for most people they have to wear them and get attuned to them for a while and then the crystals like will break if the it, armor has to get too stressed and same thing it's like with a the... force field around it. Yeah, and same thing with the the weapons and stuff. And then some people are kind of special with the weapons. And get bonded to but, him, and it's all of a sudden not a weapon, but a entity. Well, yeah, yeah, it goes from being a sword to suddenly a, an extension of their will with its own personality. Mm -hmm. And it can be like, like he's having a sword fight, and he's like, "Damn, I wish I had longer range," and it's suddenly a spear. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty cool. Yeah, but, it kicks Sills like, out. He kicks what's his name? What's the uh, assassin in white? Sadius? You're talking... No, the yeah, assassin in white. Sadius oh, is the oh, uh, high lord. Seth. 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 He got his ass. S-Z-E-T-H. Zeth. And Syl is the shard sword spirit. Yes. Uh, Syl is a sprite. Yes, she is a tiny fairy and she stuck the Kaladin. And then there's like this. Uh, how do you describe pattern? He looks like a tribal tattoo that just kind of shows up on yeah, everything and like floats around. around. He's a pattern. And yeah, <laughs> and he doesn't understand sarcasm. You I that. liked him so much. Sarcasm is overrated. <laughs> so when someone doesn't get it, it's hilarious. And it's funny because it, but there's Sanderson partners be 
pattern that can't understand sarcasm with the person trying desperately to be witty. So trying. every effort she makes of being witty just goes completely over the head of the pattern. It's juxtaposition, man. That's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> but there was a couple of other of uh, these familiar type things that are like attached to people who are doing the magic. And one of them attached to like an eight-year-old girl was just trying to talk to her about like almost like an academic conversation of like uh, something about malnutrition and she's not really paying attention. She just wants to throw her awesomeness at it. And that's what she thinks of it as when she does her magic. She oh, throws right. it. Lift. Yeah. And she, she can do things, but it apparently is running off of her like energy stores in her body. That's why she needs to eat a ton. And that's why he's worried about malnutrition. So the juxtaposition there is also going on. Like, the academic and the eight year old who doesn't care. <laughs> I do love the establishment of the, uh, words and how you progressively bond further with it hmm. and everyone's basically restricted by not knowing what they're supposed to be yeah then there's um the sword that comes from warbreaker which since oh, it's sanderson everything is the cosmere connects everything yeah there's the cosmere everything's in the same universe so some characters just kind of go traveling and then it's really confusing why they show up have you read warbreaker <laughs> I have. Yeah. But... When I realized the sword showing up, I'm like, that's not good. No. <laughs> War Warbreaker is good, but there's this sword. It has a personality. It also has a curse, sort of. It wants to kill. It was created with the um, the intention. I think I'm spoiling Warbreaker all over the place here, but. This is a writing podcast. Go read. And yes. then come back. <laughs> It was created with the purpose of uh, destroy evil. But when the people were making it, it didn't, they didn't have the idea of like, what is evil? They didn't define it. They left it open. So it's really, really subjective. So if a person who is having the sword gets judgmental about other people, they all of a sudden are killing everybody. And, and uh, then he takes that and drops it too. Stormlight. Into Stormlight, yeah. And gives With it the to person. the extremely morally ambiguous assassin. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, it's a really good... Damn it, Sanderson. Well, no. Oathbreaker's on its, like, Oathbringer? Bringer? I don't, whatever. The well, third book. Is on its, like, third and a half draft, so... Hurry up, Sanderson. <laughs> yeah. Can I expect it by Christmas? Probably. What was that sword's name? He's 54% through night something. He's 54% through the third draft, Oathbringer. Um, yeah, probably. But that's also an interesting way of you create a sword in one universe, establish it, and then drop it into a different universe with different rules that it's now kind of breaking and leave the... Well, they uh, always have a similar structure to their rules which is how he gets away with it there's always like uh an energy and you have to invest it in something and that's how everything is similar to each other and the sword is called night blood night blood thank you yeah um so, yeah. not a good name for a sword well great name for a sword not a good name if you want it to be good yeah so with the people who are kind of surrounding these things if they're not like conscious about handling it like a guy he, he has a sword he goes to a restaurant he just sets it down 
and then two thieves immediately come up and steal it. And then when he leaves the restaurant, he finds the two thieves having killed each other in the alley back aside because they're evil. But a person who is truly virtuous, which just gets freaked out by it and runs away. So it's like, I guess maybe is that the Mormonism coming in again? The virtuous hearts. I don't know. Um. I did want to uh, go back to Dresden for a minute. And Yay. what I, what I like about his equipment is for the most part, he sets fairly hard limits on what Harry can do. And he uses the, the equipment as a method of letting Harry overcome unusually hard obstacles without really having to be a ridiculous power level that just runs away with the story. It gives him bursts of unusual power that are limited in specific ways. Yeah. He, oh, he loves the limits because that makes it easier for him to torture his characters. <laughs> he just likes Harry getting his ass kicked. Yeah. Like the last Jim Butcher's an asshole. Yeah. The, um, what are they called? The kinetic rings? Oh, yeah. He just calls them force rings. Force rings. Yeah. Like he stores so, up a lot of kinetic energy and rings. So every once in a while, he can let out a big, nice blast of energy. Yeah. And if he needs to, to store the energy in it, it just takes a little bit of his uh, kinetic energy when he moves his arm and stores it. So he just like goes out a punching bag once in a while. And it's eh, it tops it off a little bit. Yeah. Then when you take and, um, the same spell and apply it to another object, things get a little bit more powerful as he slowly levels up. Slowly. Gets hellfire and soul fire. And, <laughs> yeah. and I like in um, one of the things, Wheel of Time, you've got the magical items that are all designed to basically do certain things. So you've got these rods that shoot out horrible bale fire and this rod that makes your oaths taken very seriously binding. And then there's mm -hmm. there's one that um, negates the entire one power in the area around this one city. So like this one city has kind of set itself up as separate because the damn I said I can't come in and work their stupid magic on everyone. But then there's items that let you store a little power in it. So they're very limited, but they have access to a tiny bit of power and they have to basically decide the best way to use that since they can't use it without it. Hmm. Limits are always good. Limits are wonderful. So let's go off that. Is <laughs> when did things not have enough limits? When were things just too overpowered? Star Killer Base. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. I was pissed off. I had to beg my husband to like for a month. Can we please go see this movie? I really want I mean, to see it to get there, and it was terrible. It was pissed off. I think it's a good movie. It it mm -mm. it establishes plenty that they can work with, even if the plot itself is negligible. Yeah, it gets you into this new level of Star Wars. Like I love. I also hated right? the characters. Ah, well then, screw you. <laughs> mm. um, what else? I mean, limits. Yeah. Equipment wise. Well, I'm trying to think because most like really OP things are like the MacGuffin item, you know, like the ring in Lord of the Rings, like. 
Yeah, it's really crazy powerful, but... But it also has the limit of you basically can't use it. It's just too risky to use. Yeah, and then the, like the curse na nature of it. So it's like it yeah. has the hard limit. Um, the uh, since the series didn't continue, the Elder Wand had that potential of just being, hey, my wand's more powerful and it's mine, so suck it. <laughs> yeah. But it never went on. I have reread most of the Harry Potter books, but I have not reread the seventh. Oh, I mean, in terms of a lot of things, I mean, they could have used it a lot more. Like the Marauders map is pretty OP in the story. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's really OP, and I don't know why he just doesn't have it always out. <laughs> that's but, I mean, why that's a good one for uh, the equipment that each book focuses on. Definitely Marauders map, but he still uses it in the next. He does. One. I mean, he does use it, it's but like, there, he should have been using it a whole lot more. <laughs> He, I mean, he used it a ton, actually. Like, so yeah. he uses it a lot in the third book when he needs it to get yeah, out of Hogwarts. And interesting, and and then he really needs it several times in the fourth as well when he's sneaking around trying to do all of the Goblet of Fire crap. And I remember him still using it more in like Order of the Phoenix because they were it, still sneaking around doing Dumbledore's army and stuff. So like that thing got used a lot. Yeah, and the one it's hard limitation is that it's only workable at Hogwarts. And Hogsmeade. Still, if you're at I, I, home, I don't know if she ever mentioned it. If you're like sitting at home, can you pull up the Marauders map and see what's going on at Hogwarts? I hope so. I don't know. I would love to just spy on people that way. <laughs> well, I mean, presumably it's summer break, so. But yeah, she does tend to drop things that are no longer like seriously time. The what are they called? Time stoppers, time turners. Time turners. Time turners. Yeah. Like, how is that not more important? Like, like a super. I mean, this is uh, from Ready Player One. Like, or this thing that just destroys everything in the sector. Just gone. Oh. <laughs> Every, everything that's not a magical item. And it's yeah, just it's used. It's used as like a plot point to like slow things down a little bit. It's re <laughs> it's really poorly done. I suppose we can talk about anime and find it all over the place. Yeah. Like, um, I think it was made out as a, a joke, kind of satirical thing. Of I think the anime is called Gurren Logan, where there are mecha titan uh, things, like you know the type of armored suits that are larger than the fucking universe. Fun. Not kidding. Like that—that's part of I think the story, the canon of it is like it is larger than the fucking universe, and I think. But then, hope, what is it in? I don't know. But that's part of the problem. It's like, why would you do that? And then you like other like super OP things are like uh, like the Infinity Stones in the Marvel universe, uh, the, uh, fla yeah. oh, the Flash in the DC universe. <laughs> Mummy's just OP all over the place. Yeah, that's comics. I was gonna say, it's still uh, writing. It's more writing than anime. Comics like to just be fantastical, though. Over the top. Over like, the top. I feel like comics try to make everything is over the top all the time. Right? Well, they have been going for like 70 years. So they got to figure out something else to do. Writing's been going on for hundreds and thousands of years. And you don't see yeah. it. 
Well, I mean, if you want to talk about old school, why don't we talk about like you know the sword and the stone, you know, Excalibur. <laughs> That's like the like the OP, like OG, yeah. uh, you know, the item. original item. Yeah, of a story. I know there's more, but it's just yeah. the oldest one I can think yeah. of right now. Yeah, actually, in uh, the Arthurian legends, there's like three swords in stones at various points. It's like, wait, how many of them? Which one of them is Excalibur? I've lost track. <laughs> I oh just... well, and then there's. Ladies coming out of lakes and shit. <laughs> I just love them. Was it Holy Grail with the we don't base our form of government on what a lady in a lake tells us to do? <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, well, it was like some toddy or hussy or some English slang for a slut, basically. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> uh. We haven't even got into like armor equipment, you know, like because yeah. you have like Iron Man suit and shard blade yes well i mentioned that one warhammer yeah. guy that's just happily <laughs> just a little slutty i guess <laughs> suggestive man that dude's weird <laughs> i was gonna say um i liked how the magic system in mistborn kind of suddenly Wanted. gives more value to mundane items around you that might actually be super useful to you yeah I, I really like how how useful jewelry becomes because I feel like I had this conversation it in a Dresden episode. Projectile weapon. It becomes projectile weapon. It becomes uh, data storage or, or anything else for storage. But I had this conversation in a Dresden thing in Summer Night. Harry has his phallic folky and Elaine has, you know, jewelry, which she can carry so much easier. <laughs> well, there's one thing Dresden is not, and that is subtle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do like in uh, Malazan. There's one group of people who make really, really good grenades, and it's just like what they do, and they're allied mm -hmm. with the Malazans, and that gives them the complete and utter edge in sieges and commando warfare. To the point that at one moment they huck a grenade at a dragon, and it really hurts the dragon. Ooh, because fuck dragons. <laughs> oh, I, think the, I think the line on it is fucking dragon <laughs> as it flies off in pain from a grenade and magic attack grenades are fun so Great. all of these these overpowered things do they break the plot in various ways like Starkiller Base did or uh, other things because like we're just like the current login things like, I think you know, in the storyline, it still tried to make sense, but it's still dumb. <laughs> Anime's got some problems, but sometimes it's awesome. I think that's true for everything. <laughs> I know it's cliche, but I still love uh, Full Metal Alchemist. How is that cliche? It's awesome. True, but it's just the one that everyone watches. Oh, but it's amazing. I was say, I like, I like both. I liked... Um, First one... Roy and his, um, how he basically has to carry his glove around with him as his ability yes. to. He has the hard snap. limit of he cannot be around humidity <laughs> because he is the fire guy. And then when lust, <laughs> lust slashes the uh, circle off his glove so he can no longer do it, he just carves it in his fucking hand. Yeah, badass. <laughs> right? He carries his equipment with him, and then when his equipment gets messed up, he just makes his hand into his equipment. 
I love Gore. Yeah. Have you read, watch that one, Jacob? Because you totally should. I haven't. I've, I don't, yeah, I haven't watched a lot of anime. That was is like, the only, like the only anime I've, I've seen every episode of is Initial D. No, I haven't watched that, that one. It, that was it's halfway all... through a rewatch of Brotherhood when Netflix lost it and went to some other streaming site. Now that, you know, Initial D does bring up another thing, like, like, because it's all about cars, like, you know, drift racing in the mountains in Japan. And so they do a really good job of giving each car its own kind of personality and identity about who it is and its limitations and stuff. Nice. Like Kit? <laughs> Except <laughs> they don't, don't talk. Yeah, not, not literally a person. <laughs> okay. Because, like, I mean, like, things like cars and ships or, you know, like, especially, like, fighter ships and that kind of stuff, are, they're easier to get personalities, like the Falcon, you know, from Star Wars or... Oh, Harry's what's Beetle. another? Yeah, Harry's Beetle. Beetle. Even Luke's X-Wing, to an extent. Um, Slave One. Slave One, yeah. They, you know, because they have, diff- you know, special looks, and they can, you know, do different things. And If you've seen the newest uh, Star Trek Beyond... Yeah. Yeah. Just watching the Enterprise get spoilers for the beginning of the movie. Get shattered and just fall to pieces. It's a spaceship, but it's like watching somebody die. Yeah, it really is. Like it does have that emotional connection as you know, like it's a person. Doesn't hurt that the characters are all basically watching their loved one die too. Right. You also get that same kind of feeling in Star Trek Generations when it's like blowing through the planet and stuff. So I'm going to, I have a couple comments about a spaceship, but I'm also going to move us into a slightly different topic of like what things were just downright weird and good or bad for whatever ways, but things are just kind of okay. There's a, a spaceship and a book by Tanya Huff. I don't remember the title of it, but it was a second book of the one about Torin Care. And there was this spaceship that was found out in the middle of nowhere space and they have to go in and investigate. And um, it's giant and yellow. Don't know why it's yellow. It's very weird. But people go in and it starts doing weird things, you know, kind of like haunted house type things of people just kind of like sink through floors for no reason. Or just kind of go disappearing and then, oh, bad guys showed up and everyone is fighting and uh, then it's really fun. But that spaceship is weird and unnerving. (laughs) <laughs> uh, and then I'll, it gets explained like four books later but um <laughs> what else was like really really weird i was gonna say since i'm in the middle of reading black company there's this fireball projector weapon that one of the characters made that is like a very powerful rocket launcher that shoots a big fireball that proves very useful in many situations but I still don't understand how it works. Like she just, she collected a bunch of bamboo, started making bamboo tubes and powered them with fireballs. And like, they each have like chargers and stuff. And he never like really works. I don't know. Cause <laughs> I really don't know. It, like they prove 
very important in many situations, and he kind of just says, oh, yeah, and then she made these really cool things, and they do this. And they worked. Yay. And they worked. Like, it's, it's a little not explained enough at all. Um, to get into the absurd, uh, Jacob can probably explain it better than I can, but there is a spaceship that runs via a restaurant simulation in the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. And well, no, it's, it's not a... It, it's, the restaurant is outside of space and time and moves forward and back through time to see the end of the, the universe. Yeah, and that it's the engine of the ship. So characters go into this restaurant and Arthur says... I don't like this wine. And the other guy says, says, send it back. It's all part of the numbers. Like, Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, it's like improbability machines. And if you want to get into all sorts of weird, funky items, just go read Hitchhiker's Guide. <laughs> They're all over the place. Applefish. Um, but then I, I've read like a quarter of a book of Discworld. And the little bit that they have explained of equipment is very weird like there is a trunk that runs around on thousands of tiny little feet underneath it it looks like to most other people that it just kind of like floats around which is weird enough but they also hear like the feet hitting the ground you look underneath and it's just feet it's like, what the hell is happening and then someone has a camera and they take a picture but they open up the camera and you can see the tiny little artist like a gnome that just like really tired after just having to draw the picture It's such a weird mix of everything. Well, I, I mean, if you just want to talk about sort of weird items that look, I in their only explanation is magic is like the newspapers in Harry Potter, like with the moving <laughs> pictures and stuff. Like, yeah, magic, sure, but what 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 spell is this? <laughs> like, you know? Well, Colin Creevy comes in and he has a, a camera, real camera, and. He wants to like take bunches of pictures, and someone tells him it's a potion that he can develop the film in, and then it makes it do its magic. Which is okay. cool. I just, I I love the the personality that of the people still stick with the, the I painting do. picture. I love the uh, portraits of the headmasters in the headmaster's office. <laughs> like giving like terrible advice or like calling you insults if you're on the wrong side then they're all sleeping <laughs> when anyone else is there i love like oh voldemort took over and if you're going to sit in the headmaster's office you're going to be bombarded with insults from everybody is in, around you in the picture. yeah um be a little disheartening and also pretty much any like bad item from any horror movie or book or whatever Pretty much all like, why don't we just destroy this thing and walk away from <laughs> here? There's a haunted house. Burn it down. There's a lot of that. and That is a painful thing in fiction when, you know, why didn't you not do that? Well, just in movies, get... I know it's because they want the extra paycheck of the sequel. In books, because they want the extra paycheck of the sequel. <laughs> but even that, or just... Why do these characters make this decision of not getting rid of that thing? Even now, if, if you it wanna... doesn't lead to a sequel. True. Or if you want to get into sort of like 
objects as catalysts. You know, you have you know Jumanji. That's a pretty good, pretty good example of like using an object as a way to further the story. Mm-hmm. The story. Yeah, what that was like that was really good. Like, they have to play it, then they have to deal with the thing that happens, then they have to continue playing it. It's like, yeah, that was that was really well done. Yeah, it, yeah, it breaks it. It, it allows you to escalate the tension in a very believable way mm-hmm. or in a way that has very specific rules. You roll the dice you know, to finish the game. Yeah. And you you know, like any it. game, the farther you get down the road, the harder it gets or it's supposed to get. Some games do that better than others. <laughs> yes, mm-hmm. some games do. And then you've got Skyrim where you can now just one-shot everything in front of you no matter what. <laughs> now you've you got your people and they run up in their, their tank and then you just sit down and like I have arrows and more and more arrows <sighs> okay since we're getting getting near the end of our time what's the one thing what's the one item you wish you could have that isn't named a lightsaber <laughs> damn it <laughs> <laughs> Hmm. Um, For me, it's probably portal guns. Oh, yeah. those are pretty fun. Because I would definitely put a portal like underneath my desk at work. I could just like walk <laughs> no in and out. <laughs> no commute. You can just go yeah. straight from like bed, dressed at work. My commute's not bad just... enough to want that. Or I would like ship it to like my parents. You'd be like, here, just put this in a locked closet that I have the key to. <laughs> And shoot, shoot it to him, so we could just have like I could just like, you know, not have to like travel down there or something. Just don't accidentally shoot the moon. <laughs> I, th- I think I strongly want magical abilities more so than an item. But I just remembered that when I was taking the Japanese classes at college, I had to make this like magical item and write about it for a paragraph. And I made like a forever mocha cup. It was just like a coffee cup that would be forever refilling and forever hot. And it was just like, I need that for studying and the finals and all of the papers. And it's like, I wrote about that and I had so much fun. You could just find a magical object that means you don't need to do school or go to work. (laughs) There is that. (laughs) You guys are just gonna live your life and make it a little easier. I there might have been more restrictions to the assignment like it can't be super powered or I don't remember I just remembered my forever mocha and I yeah. I'm just gonna there's probably some... something else out there I want yeah. more than that but if I was just gonna pop something off quickly it's um I'm sure there's much better options but and there's plenty of things that do it but black company has magical flying carpets that you make oh that are very limited Pretty much anything that just eases travel, really. <laughs> yeah, pretty much all I want. Yeah, anything that makes it easier to take a vacation or not pay airlines ridiculous fees for anything. <sighs> Skip security. Yeah. That oh, it's like Dragon Ball Z or Dragon Ball. You guys watch that, right? No. Oh god! In Dragon Ball, Bulma has these like capsules, and she uh, like pops them open, and she get a tent or something, or you pop it open, and you get like your own hotel room just out in the middle of nowhere. But like, 
I think there was like a limited amount of every kind. So she had to like, let's see what this one is type of a thing. And it was, it I was did weird. like uh, Hermione's endless satchel of stuff. Bag of holding. Let's just call it what it is. It's a bag of holding. Yeah. yeah. Especially when you play video games that limit your storage. And it's like, fuck you. <laughs> Lydia, get over here. I'm going to give you a bunch of stuff. Hold yeah. it for me. <laughs> I, I, is this the end of the the first part of the equipment thing? I know we're going to come back to this. Yeah, we just hit our hours. That's probably a good good idea. Okay, so help me plug all the shit. Uh, broken jars broadcasting at gmail.com. If you want to email us here on YouTube, you can do us do it there. We had a YouTube comment. We did have a YouTube I comment. Got a YouTube comment. Uh, I'm at at Jacob Ingles on Twitter. You can find us at broken jars at xyz. Uh, we have other other shows. We have Great Scott, which is about the Office TV show. We have Dangerous to Go Alone, which is on hiatus, but we'll be back. We have gaming podcast. We have this oh, podcast. It, it's Shylock's Gaming. He'll be pissed off if you don't say the name. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, and I've got the Dresden Files, and I actually did. A, we're ongoing doing this series on equipment. I call it the Gear, Gadgets, and Guns series. We've done two of the episodes so far. So if you want. All of the equipment of the Dresden Files. Go check those episodes out. Cool. Uh, anybody else want to plug anything while we're at it? Colin? Go read books. Go, <laughs> go read Warbreaker. Go Warbreaker. It's free. It's on Sanderson's website. It's very good. Part of the Cosmere. Yeah. It, that was my favorite of his books so far. Sanderson, so. I'll expect a check for plugging you. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> All right, well, y'all have a, a good whatever whenever you're all listening to this. I hope it's good. Yeah. Go Patriots. <laughs> or Falcons if you like the Falcons for some weird reason. I'm a little conflicted on that. Like I don't I don't know. I I don't I don't really care. I just know we're grilling and that's gonna be tasty, so I'm looking forward to that. It's gonna be just warm enough. I'm like, hmm, it's gonna be in the high thirties. I think I can bust oh out the grill. God. Making kielbasa. Uh, well, yeah, we're doing uh, brats and queso, so. Football only matters so you can grill, huh? Really only matters so you Pro can Pro football, food. yes. Yeah. College football, no. College football is important, <laughs> at least to me. <laughs> anyway, we won't su uh, subject you to any more sports ball talk, so <laughs> y'all have a good one. Bye. Bye.